everyone. Shannon Miller here from Thinny Business Life, where you can get growth strategies for profit. And my co-host is Miss Kimberly Gonzalez. Kimberly, take it away. Hello. I'm hanging out in Arizona. Those of that have seen the pictures, I got to hang out with Shannon yesterday. She graces, graciously, I can't talk, graciously came down from Prescott to Phoenix. And this is where I'm at. I'm in Phoenix and it's 100 degrees already. And it's barely like 10 o'clock. Was it nine o'clock? Yes. I'm still on my old time. I'm still on my Colorado time change. I'm like, it's 945. I'm like, it's 100 degrees. I'm not used to this. So you guys, so bear with me today because I'm dealing with time change and the heat. So, but today we're going to talk for hiring for success. And I'm excited about this topic because it is a hot topic and everybody wants to know about hiring. And I don't know about you, but when I got nervous and I knew I was starting to get like, I had probably about 45 clients. And I knew it was time to get some help. I started getting that crazy pit in my stomach and feeling kind of weird. Like I need to hire somebody. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Did you ever feel like that? Um, I, I did feel I had some apprehension, but it was mostly about transitioning um, and, and making sure I did it right. So admittedly, I had to, because there wasn't a lot of resources when I started way back when. So I had to kind of invent the wheel. I had to come up with my own training program. I had to come up with validation sheets. I had to come up with ways so that they would be successful. So I literally had to create and invent the wheel as I went along. (laughs) That's, see, (laughs) times have changed. Now we have Facebook, we have all these other different resources. And Mm -hmm. I I love the free resources, Shannon, that you offer on YouTube. Um, you know, and in the group, you offer such a great, wonderful free resources that people can utilize. And then if they want to take the next step, I love how you can offer that next step for them. So I think that's awesome that you do offer those free resources. Yes. And those are located in my group under the guide. So when you hit discussion and then the little icons that are below, it says guides, video, media, that type stuff. It's the guides. Just click there. And there is a ton of free information right there for you to peruse when it's convenient. The Maids Network group, just to clarify. Yes. Oh, so yes. <laughs> I clarify the group. <laughs> My, minor detail. <laughs> minor detail, right? So <laughs> I know that we see a lot in the groups is um, 1099 versus W-2s. A lot of people are confused by it. And I know we're not going to go in deep detail today, but we're going to focus on just like touching the surface of it so we can prepare you guys so we know that you're... Um, going to make the right choice and we can like gently push you that way. (laughs) Yes. Don't do it the way I did it. (laughs) Trial by fire is never fun. (laughs) (sighs) So 1099s, we know about 1099s and 1099s, some, some things that we're going to talk about um, the difference between 1099s and W2s. 1099s, um, if you have, if you guys are listening in the car, you can, um, or you're cleaning, you can re- come back to this and rewrite them down. And if you are at home, we suggest you write them down. So here are some tips that we have come up with for 1099s that you know that a 1099 is a 1099 and not a W-2. Right. Um, one of them is um, you cannot tell, if you have a 1099, you cannot tell a 1099 what to wear. So they can come in a holy t-shirt and smell like rotten eggs and jeans and look terrible, you can't tell them what to wear. You cannot give them a uniform. You cannot tell them how to dress. You cannot tell them how to do their hair. That's part of being a 1099. What are some other 1099s? 
Oh my goodness. Um, there is a lot. Um, 1099s can pick and choose whether they pick up a shift or not. So you cannot write them up and say, well, I have an attendance policy with them. I see that happen a lot with 1099s. Um, <clears throat> it happens. You know, they have lives, they have other clients. Hopefully, when you hire your 1099, they don't just keep jumping from shiny thing to shiny thing to shiny thing, uh, that they stick around and they're interested in growing their actual clientele with you and, and getting a nice slice of your pie, so to speak. <clears throat> what are some other things, Miss Kim? Um, one of them that I know is huge, obviously, for me is the cleaning supplies. Mm-hmm. So if you are an eco friendly company, and you really want to emphasize and focus on having only natural products to cater to your clients. If you have a 1099, you can't tell them what to use. So if they want to use bleach and if they want to use an SOS pad and they want to use all these different products to go into the house and these natural, like for your natural clients, they can either destroy stuff if they don't know how to use it properly. So if they have bleach and they spill it on the carpet, you can't tell them what products to use. So that one was huge for me. When I started my cleaning company, I knew for sure that I wanted my W-2s because I wanted to focus on having natural products um, that were safe for my families. And I didn't want somebody going in and using products that they didn't know how to use and ruining things. And then obviously having the toxic chemicals. So that was a big one for me. Right. Um, the, the chemical piece is huge. A lot. You can't supply any supplies to your 1099s. Um, you can have them purchase a kit of recommended items. A lot of people, when they're new to the industry, they've paid for their insurance, which we can talk about later. Um, and then they have this kit and they don't have any idea how to use it. Um, and, and there's a lot of dynamics and in, in and outs of that piece alone. But um, you can ha- you can have them purchase, just like with your W-2s, you can have them purchase the kit if they're um, wanting to get into it or they can use their own chemicals. Um, we have a recommend because I only use 1099s now. So we have a recommended list that's ideal. And I, I give them suggestions. And then we um, usually, if they're in the area local and they have a special product, like so when I used to buy large orders from another chemical supplier, I'd be like, hey, I'm ordering this product today. Do you guys want to go in on it? And I would order it and then just sell it to them is how I worked out that. So that way I knew they were using the chemical that was preferred. But no, they can use Fabioso, Comet, um, 409. I've seen all kinds of like things. But once you educate them, especially if you want to be natural on how, you know, your largest organ is your skin and how that soaks into your body, then they go, oh, (laughs) maybe I do want to use a more natural product. That's the education too that comes. So that's huge. Um. You know, if you guys are looking for a natural product, you guys can always come and message me about Pure Evergreen. I love to teach. It's just not a sale for me. And those of you that know, it's, it's about the education part of it. And that's my love. So if you guys have questions about natural products, come find me. That's um, pureevergreen.com. It's <laughs> for doing a little marketing. But my goal is to try to reach out to people and kind of like put my super cape on and save them from the toxic chemicals. Um. Another thing for 1099, and my brain is not working because obviously I'm on different time changes, but I was trying to think of some other ones that are important and my brain's not wanting to work right now. Um, think, Shannon, think. Okay, well, we can kind of- oh, contracts. Back yeah, there we go. Oh, thank you. So I was like, contracts. So you can't like write them a contract. So like, 
You can't have them in a contract saying, okay, well, I need you for this and this and this um, for, you know, uh, like an employee handbook. You can't do employee handbooks with them. So you can't do that. There's no employee handbooks. So no rules. No, the, um, the typically with my 1099s, um, there is a vendor agreement and then there is the Google certified, which um, that they agree to. And the reason for the Google certified is because when you advertise with them, you have to guarantee your product and they can withdraw those funds right off your credit card on file. So you want to make sure that, you know, whoever is working for you, um, A, is vetted and B, if they have to guarantee their work, that's part of what the process is. So, um, and then they have to also carry insurance as well. Um, 1099s have to, and I know a lot of people don't do that. And it's like this whole pushback right now in the industry, even independent contractors don't want to carry um, the um, general liability insurance. And you have to know what the insurance actually covers. It's a big topic right now. I I had insurance that didn't cover. I'm like, it's, it's meant to cover you for the big things. If you break someone's $500 lamp, I'd probably pay for that out of pocket. I would not, you know, first of all, your insurance company is going to say you were irresponsible and you should have known better. And second of all, $500 is nothing. You you want insurance for like the $35,000 floor that you just ruined that was from Brazil. <laughs> they waited eight months for because you took a call and left the faucet upstairs running and it ran through the ceiling and, you know, it caused, you know, I mean, I've seen it happen. Or you went to clean a chandelier and didn't know what you're doing and the whole chandelier came down and like impaled somebody. I've seen that too. So um, you need to make sure that you are covering yourself for the big items. Definitely. Exactly. So I know that's like the basics of the 1099 um, that we want to kind of jump like go over. I know W-2s with W-2s, you take the taxes out. You have the workers comp. Um, you can put them on the schedule. So you could say you're working this time and this time and this time and this time. So it has it laid out for them. So that's one of the reasons I like doing the W-2s. I know you're different. You like to do the 1099s, but I've always I done have W-2s in the past. Yeah. I just, I think, oh, and training. That was another one we didn't touch on was the 1099. You can't tell them how to clean. No. So W-2s, you can train them. So you can go in and be like, okay, I am going to train you. This is how we are going to do it. So you know that they're doing it the right way, you know, the way that you like it. 1099s, you can't do that. And don't overtrain. Um, a lot of people, I spoke to someone the other day and they're training for a whole month. And like, that's a lot of training dollars. That's eating up your profit and you're not making any money off this person because they technically aren't making any money for you. So it's five five days of training. You either cut it or you don't. And it's okay if you don't, then just move along. And, and sometimes by day number three, and this is all covered in my course, um, by day number three, you can usually tell two or three if they're going to cut it or not. If their heart's in it and they want the job, they're going to do a good job. And if they don't, and they're like, can I have a Siggy break? Or can I sit down while I watch you? Or <laughs> any of those things. Or I have to I have to take this phone call because, you know, my boyfriend and I had this fight. And I, if I don't take the call, he'll call me repeatedly. That's Are you someone who like has, yes. throughout the whole job. Or one time I actually walked on a job. This was way back when. And um, when I was actually a Mary Maid, this is how long ago that was, over a decade. So I was working with somebody. And cell phones were just becoming a thing. And she was in the mat, the princess tub on her back. And she was texting the whole time. And I had cleaned the whole house. I went looking for her. I don't even remember her name, Megan or something. And she <laughs> like, while I cleaned the whole house, she got paid for, um, she was on her phone texting. So, um, 
you know, make sure that you have a good team and that, you know, everyone is being responsible. And with 1099s, you cannot have them work as teams unless they're bringing their own team member. And then they would have to provide you proof of insurance for workman's comp. So um, that's something to keep in mind. If you have 1099s, you can't have a W-2 and a 1099 on the job. You have to have just a 1099 on the job and you can't have multiple 1099s on the job. It gets really complicated and gray. So don't overstep there. Um, and first and foremost, before you even consider hiring, and I, yeah, you know, I pre- I'm on my soapbox right now, um, make sure that you're making enough money, that you're charging enough to pay that person top dollar. Sometimes I'm still coming across people who are paying cleaners 13, 14 bucks an hour. And with the today's inflation rate, they can never leave home. <laughs> Your job is not enticing to them because they're going to still be stuck with mom and dad, even if they work for you full time. So um, make sure that you're charging enough. 90 bucks for a cleaning is not enough money. <laughs> That's why you want to um, focus on how you're pricing your jobs because you want right. to price jobs enough to cover all your expenses. Um, and we talked briefly about that, like how to price your jobs in one of our past podcasts. Mm-hmm. So be sure if you're just jumping on listening to our podcast, be sure to like check out the pricing one when we talked about pricing the right way. Because you want to be able to cover all your expenses. You want to pay for somebody that's going to do a good job. That's huge. Because I feel like if you pay them good, they're going to have that benefit. They want to stay. They don't want to leave. Because cleaning is hard work. Right. How would you feel if somebody just paid you? You know, a measly $13 an hour and you're breaking up a sweat and you're working and you're tired. By the end of the day, you've already cleaned, what, two, three houses and you're tired? How much money did you actually make? Was it worth it? Right. They don't see the value in it, so they're not going to stick around. It's going to burn all your labor budget, and it's going to eat away your profit, ultimately. Um, So make sure that you're charging enough before you consider paying someone either part-time or um, full-time. And note, this is a big note, that it takes 10 to 12 homes, and remember, I only work in solos, to keep one person busy full-time. So um, you need to have that many houses at least. So, because you don't want them jumping ship, I, I highly recommend if you're going to do W twos that you push them to full time. That way, they don't have time to wander around and say, "Hey, I can do this on my own." Thanks for the training. See you later. Um, mm-hmm. Got to keep them busy, and you know you want them to have nine hundred dollars or a thousand dollar paychecks every single week. So make sure you keep that in mind to get that equation just right. Um, and also, I want to add to that too is like once you do start getting big and you start having your solos, I recommend if it's in your budget to hire a floater. Because right. that can help relieve them when they do want to take a vacation or they want to take a break or they have a doctor's appointment. If you have that floater, it's perfect because they can jump in and, you know, give them that break if they ask for that day off. So that way you're not going back in and cleaning. So I, right. that's my little, my little piece of advice that I Having use. Having the floater is awesome and it's a time saver and it, it does keep you, it keeps you mop free. Um, which is ultimately important. Once you get out, you don't ever want to go back. <laughs> so you can work on your business instead of in it. And and then that way you're not eating income. Um, the problem with, and especially with COVID when we had it, was that um, the, the whole cootie factor, everyone was really afraid that, you know, if we put someone else on there, then they had different cooties than the one person. But I, we're past all that, hopefully. So um, there is certain things that you can say or not say to... Um, have the client allow them into the home. And it, and then I know a lot of the bigger cleaning companies, they prefer that you're not home. So that way, if they switch out a cleaner, there isn't this trauma of where's Michelle, where's Michelle, where's Michelle. And you're like, Michelle has a life. She had a dental appointment. I have Susan right here. Right. 
So yep. um, make sure that you are um, coming up with some sort of plan strategically so that you're not eating income every time someone calls out sick or has a doctor's appointment or whatever they're doing. Exactly. And I know we talked a little bit about the pricing for bidding flat rate, and that's so important, you guys. Um, we mm-hmm. talked about it several times. Bid flat rate. Um, we did the little mock. Uh, that was so much fun, by the way. We did the mock uh, call where we talked about bidding the flat rates and how to give your pricing. Um, just a general touch of it. When you guys do that, you're going to make good money. Um, and Shannon offers that uh, pricing blueprint masterclass. You guys jump on it. It's worth it. Invest in it. Um, those of you who don't, don't know, Shannon and I have spent thousands of dollars um, in training. And not only that, countless amount of hours. So we have definitely done our share of investing in time. And Shannon offers a great blueprint masterclass. You guys, please jump on it. It is worth the cost. Um, You know, it's, I highly recommend it. And then not only when you buy it, sit down and do time blocking and you, you spent that money, actually use it, use it. And then, you know, like sit down and use it and make it worth your while. If you don't do anything with it, you're like, I spent all that money and it didn't work and I didn't do it. Well, did you actually sit down and and use those tools and tips that, you know, she's offering you. So be sure you guys, when you take the class to actually use it, so you can use, get your money's worth for it. It's definitely not through osmosis. <laughs> you have to do, you have to do the work. Um, I have people ask me that all the time. It didn't, they took a product and it didn't work for them. I'm like, so where did you, let's sit down and see where you didn't implement. And then mm-hmm. when we have the conversation, they didn't implement at all. They just didn't do it. So um, make, yeah, it's not done through osmosis. It would be really rad and very cool if you could do that, but it's not, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. We don't have that technology yet, right? No, <laughs> right. One day. Maybe they'll have knowledge patches where you can slap on, I want my MBA today, right, right. there. And it can just be this whole dynamic of, I have my MBA today. How smart am I? What do I need to know, right? <laughs> I agree. And it's... um. Yeah, just you guys seriously take that time out and check it out. It's it's worth it. I it's Shannon and I have definitely obviously used the information that we've learned over the years and we've applied it to our businesses and I am applying it now to my products and how I do stuff and I just spent over what 10 grand just on a product boss uh training so I can learn more about how to work my products and um, get them on Amazon, you know, my, my laundry detergent sheets. So it's like you invest that money. You have to do it. Don't let it just sit there. So. Right. It is an investment that you can write off by the way, because it's uh, edu- continued education and or coaching, depending on what your accountant says. Write that baby off. Um, right. So, um, yeah, you need to make sure that you are, um, you have enough homes. So, um, usually about the 45, 50 mark. I know, um, Kim, you brought up about saving up money for payroll, um, to Kim did it the traditional method, which is the smart way to do. She had some money in the bank, so therefore she could cover her payroll and not have to stress out. Way back when, I was a little more of a maverick, and I hit the ground running. And I was like, one day, I had to, I had forty three houses, and I was working all these crazy hours. I'm like, I need help. So then I just continued on and hit the ground running. I didn't have a whole ca- um, grip load of cash, which is. A little bit irresponsible, but you know, I, I bumbled through it because you know they didn't have a lot of stuff way back when. I feel like I've my grandparents. Well, we went through the snow to go to school, and I had to bring my backpack, and we wore bread bags on our shoes type of conversation. When actually, it's not. It's only been 
just over a decade, about 13 or 14 years. So the industry has changed a lot. There is a lot more information. There's a lot more influencers. Um, a lot of people are talking about cleaning. Yay, because you know why? We were essential, right? Um, so making sure that you have um, a little bit of cash um, is the more responsible, better securing feeling <laughs> way. And then um, making sure you have enough homes so that you can keep that person busy and then continually market, continually market to hire. So if you need one person, you need to hire two. Um, and, and then you can That's decide if that person is going to work out or not. And then that way you're always covered in, in market, market for more clients, market for new cleaning techs, um, and then have a full on training system. That's kind of discussed on the structure scale and profit cleaning business Academy. So, um, after you decide whether you're going to have 1099s or W-2s, stick with one. A lot of people um, right now have W-2s, but because of the way the economy is, they're having this hybrid. So they have W-2s and 1099s, and you just make sure that you're following what those guidelines are that are listed. You don't want to miss. It's called misclassifying. It's a huge fine. It's like $10,000 plus fines, penalties, and interest in any back pay you owe. And they won't go, oh, can we make a payment plan? They'll want the money right away. And if you own your house, they'll take it. So <laughs> make sure that you're following the rules so you don't get yourself into all kinds of sticky mess. And Shannon, I know that you offer, I think, what is it? A 30 minute, 30 minute consultation for like a certain price. So if they have questions after this, and they're not sure, can they contact you for like 30 minutes? They can actually go right onto my tidy cow link. It's located inside the group and I'll give anybody 15 minutes of my time. Um, if you need a more extensive one-on-one -on -one session, um, it is at a discounted rate. And that's um, also listed on my website, I believe. If not, you can ask me for the link. And then um, I have a mini little session. It's usually for bids is what that is. And that's $55 for me to help you walk through the bidding process um, for some of the bids. If it's a government contract bid, that's going to be the one-on-one -on -one session for the whole hour. And that's going to be a lot more because it's, you know, those bids are like 210 pages. <laughs> so yeah, I do have some options in case you're interested in chatting with me. I'm more than happy to help um, anyone out because I genuinely want to see as many of you succeed. And I love that you offer that and your time is valuable, just like you guys have time that's valuable. And I love that fact that we can value, you know, your time, Shannon, for your advice. Yes. And then um, another thing I'm scouring through the notes as we're going, um, the non-competes, you cannot yeah. have a 1099 sign a non-compete. It's against the law. You're preventing another vendor, another person from earning income. It's against the law. You cannot make them sign in on compete. I don't care what they say. There was an individual in another group who said, well, I have them sign 1099s, um, sign my non-compete. It was actually an attorney in um, Texas. And I reached out to that attorney four times, never heard from them. So I just cry BS myself. I don't, until I hear otherwise, and I'll be more than happy to rescind anything I say. Um, you cannot have a 1099 sign a non-compete. No, um, they're their own entity. Right. They're their own entity earning their own thing and they're there to help you out. Um, if you have a W-2, then yes, you can sign a non-compete. So I'm like, I'm scanning through the rest of the stuff. So um, no, it's there's... just guys know because we're old and we forget stuff. So we have to, <laughs> you know, and our, we have kids. So our minds are constantly, we have mommy mush brain constantly. So we do keep notes. So if you see us looking to the side, we're taking notes as we go. Right. 
so those are the biggest differences between the, the 1099s and W-2s. And then you're going to have to come up with some sort of application process. So there's mm-hmm. specific questions you need to ask your 1099s that are entirely different for your W-2s. Like, um, can you go without smoking a cigarette for longer than an hour or two at a time? Um, when I had W-2s, I wouldn't allow them to smoke on property. I cannot tell you how many times I had to go to a property because a cleaning tech flucked and we live up in the forest. So they flicked their um, cigarette bud and it was like this whole meltdown phase. I lost like a $25,000 client. Um, So you don't understand. So if you're going to smoke a ciggy in your in-between houses, go to the gas station, smoke a ciggy, make sure that you have a neutralizer on you. So no one smells your ciggy. I I totally get it. If you have that habit, it's, you know, I'm not here to hold that back from you, but you do need to take that in consideration. Or like, for example, can you lift up to 40 pounds a gear? Not everybody can carry 40 pounds. We've scaled it back. So it's less than 40 pounds. Can you work on your hands and knees for a short amount of time? Sometimes you're going to have to get down on your hands and knees and get the bottom of that toilet. Yep. Can't do a bending over. going to hurt yourself. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You have to be prepared to ask them these questions. Mm -hmm. I asked them a creative question. One of the questions I, oh, go ahead, Shannon. Were you going to say something? I know one of the things I was going to say is like, well, I always like to ask them creative questions in the beginning because they're so nervous. So like, I'll ask them, you know, what's your favorite, you know, drink or, you know, what is your favorite food? Or I ask them one of those just to break the ice and people just think that's weird, but it worked because I think they were so nervous at the interview that it kind of just broke the ice and got them to calm down and just, you know, I don't know about you if you did that, but I did that. I would ask them to tell me um, an aspect about their job that they loved or hated. And sometimes they'll just tell you flat out whatever it was. And I'm guilty of this when I was younger. I said, <laughs> I can laugh about it now. I was interviewing for a lower management position because my head was like, you know, 52 inches across. <laughs> and she goes, so um, what happened at your other employer? And I said, oh my God. And I I went into dirty detail about my boss and how awful she was and how I thought she was psychotic. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't get the job and they were probably like, their eyes are probably this big. So don't do those types of things, but do, I usually get a lot of juicy bits of information when I check references, I'll say, give me three personal references and three work references. And then when you get them on the phone, there's usually questions that you can ask that kind of lead into other answers that you have to, um, it's a gray area. So you have to be really careful how you ask your questions, but you can get a lot of nitty gritty stuff with like, oh, Susan never showed up on time. She was always late. There was major drama with her boyfriend. So drama with boyfriend, right? So it's like, because you don't want that on your job site, right? Exactly. At the client's house and they're screaming at each other and you're just like, oh my God, I cannot handle this. <laughs> Another one is like, they get along. How do they, how would they like say they get along with somebody if they were to work with people? Are they social? Right. Because right. you want them, if the client is there, if you're like, if you have elderly clients that do mm-hmm. sit there, are they going to be social? How are they going to be presenting themselves? You know, that's right. important. When Can they talk and work at the same time? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then just sit there and talk and talk and talk. And before they know it, an hour's past, they're already late to their next job. Right. Or do you have reliable transportation that you can use daily? Um, you can ask this for your W-2s. Um, you're assuming your 1099s already have reliable transportation. I actually had someone one time, um, she had gotten in trouble for a DUI and it was the family car. So they had to have it hooked up to the device. Every single family member knew how to work the device. I was like, that is just nuts. 
<laughs> so you just, you just never know about people, but she had reliable transportation. She showed up on time. Um, so you, <laughs> you just never know. So you have to ask, you know, do you have reliable transportation? Do you have a cell phone that you can use daily? If you don't ask those questions, don't assume that everybody has a cell phone. Not everybody does. So when you're trying to text them, like, oh, well, my cousin, that's my cousin's phone. And they live, you know, six blocks over. <laughs> so that's why they didn't answer your text, right? Because they don't have the phone. Yeah, because a lot of them have apps and that has the schedule. So when they pull up their schedule, you know, you can see the schedule and know, you know, what you're going to be doing for the day. Or you can watch them to see, okay, they finished their job. So it's important for them to have that. That and car insurance too, you yes. know, make sure they have car insurance. You need to check car insurance for your W-2s monthly because sometimes people fall off, things happened, and then they don't have car insurance. And then make sure with your state too, if, um, you know, mileage is a big thing um, that your state either requires you or doesn't require you to compensate them with mileage. There's a lot of things that have changed in the last five years that are just different that you have to be on top of. Like um, one person inside the group is in California and she is responsible for providing a um, 401k. It's like mandatory. So she had to pay for all the upstart costs of that. Um, and then she had to pay to, for, to contribute into it. I mean, it was just this whole thing. So wow. I had to sit with this person for an hour trying to figure out, I, and I don't know that much about it. It's not my expertise. I'm like, you need to get your accountant on this and someone who is an expert to explain you all the nuances. I go, I can give you generalizations, but I can't really walk you through the okay. process. Yeah, but it was like 10, 10 grand she had to come up with to start the program. And it was a law. They're like, they had written it into law in the last like year. That's why I saved up 10K before I even hired employees. You just don't know what the laws are and what's expected of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, d- definitely don't do it my method. <laughs> that was such a long time ago. Um, there's something else I had thought about too, and I just faced it. Oh my gosh, my brain. Um, what are some other things for W-2s? Um, there was one of them that I wanted to present and I forgot what it was. You th- you'll think of something and I'll, I'll think of it again. Um, company culture and pay plays a lot into keeping your cleaning tax. Um, my dog scratching at the door is driving me nuts. Um, you have to make sure that you have good company culture and having a relationship, a professional relationship with your cleaning tech is of the utmost importance. Um, it, it can be a very lonely existence if you're cleaning solos because they're not really engaging with anybody who's home. If there's nobody home, they might engage with the dog, but then they're by themselves most of the day. And the, a lot of people are looking for that social interaction, however they get it. So you need to make sure that you're having company functions um, and so that they're getting the engagement. Like um, a lot of people use Slack. Um, other people use Zoom to have like a quick monthly meeting that you pay them for, that they show up for. There's a lot of things you can do to make sure that you're connecting with your cleaning techs. I have Zooms all the time. I have two people who are down in Tucson who clean. We check in usually biweekly or once a month to see if anything's come up or if they came across any problems. And then that way they kind of know I've got, you know, they're back, right? They're, you know, hey, just let you know, Mrs. Smith is, you know, doing renovations. And then I, you know, you have to call Mrs. Smith. Hey, I heard you're doing renovations. How is everything? Oh my gosh, they're in the middle of this project. So then you know that you need to charge them a post-construction cleaning versus a regular maintenance cleaning, right? So yeah, company culture and pay is huge. Absolutely 1000% huge. I remember what I was going to say. Perfect. I know. I'm like, see, just needed a hot moment and it is hot in here. So it is a hot moment. Um, (laughs) So one of the things too, is everybody's like, well, how do I pay them for the time? So like a lot of people are like, 
they'll say, well, I want to get played from the time I'm at my home. So if like you have them starting from your home, sorry, if you have them starting from their home, you don't pay them at their home. You pay them when they get to their first job. So when they arrive at the first job, remember this is for W-2s. So if they arrive at the first job, that is when they clock in. It's kind of like, you know, if I were to go, like, let's say I worked at, you know, Marshall's or something, I'm not going to get paid for driving from my home to go to Marshall's. They don't do that. Right. You, they they clock in as soon as you start at Marshall's. So like if you were to get to your first client, like if they were to get to the first client's house and they left from their house, then you, they clock in as soon as they get to that client's house. And yes, you do have to pay them for drive time. You know, if they're going to go to the next client and the next client, you do have to pay them for drive time. Um, and if they take a break, then they clock out. I don't know. That's how it's done in Colorado. There, There is a caveat to that. If you are going out of your service area, then you are going to pay them from the time they leave their home to the first house um, because we cover large service areas sometimes. I mean, we try to cluster all the homes together, but occasionally we'll take on a special one-off job. Um, so you are responsible for paying them. Like if they drove from Prescott to Seligman, it's 75 miles each direction. So you right, want to yeah. make sure that you're compensating your help for that. It's They normally wouldn't drive 75 miles. They normally would drive five miles or 10 miles. Um, anything after that is considered a little. So you got to, if you have, you know, 30 miles in between homes because you're really rural, then you have to work out something with your cleaning tech. But typically it's 10 to five, you know, five to 10 miles and you need to cluster all your customers together. They don't get to necessarily pick their time and their day. <laughs> I know that a lot of people have become really accustomed to, I have to have Fridays. And if I don't have Fridays, I'm going to die. Oh, when in actuality, that Friday house is actually close to the Tuesday house. So either either the Tuesday house jumps to Friday or the Friday house jumps to, to um, Tuesday. That way you're saving on mileage and gas. And this poor person isn't driving around aimlessly while you're not making money. <laughs> so make sure that you are having those conversations. And then every six months, audit yourself and look because things get out of whack. We take on new clients. We've got a lot of things going on to make the wheel go. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I have 15 houses that aren't that should be clustered together that aren't. So you have to adjust and they have to accept that. It's part of the service agreement. Um, and you'll have occasionally an individual who's like, I'm not moving, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you have to, I can't, I can't keep sending someone 45 minutes just for you. It's just not going to work out. So then you decide, right? Am I going to keep them on? Is it good for my business? You have to ask. This is your baby you're growing, right? If it's not good for your business, then you can't keep them. Exactly. So what if they have, um, what if the businesses have, like, you want to get a company car? So like, I'm getting excited and I want to buy a company car and my employees are going to drive that. So, and let's, what do you recommend for that? Oh my gosh. I actually did company cars and all they did was just beat them into the ground absolutely they will they'll tear the knobs off the mirrors um uh, tear the seats they'll leave trash in the car i had to have a detailer come once a week to do the cars and i when i started to actually look at the cost of what it cost me i was i'm not doing it anymore i used to supply when i had w2s vacuums i used to spend two thousand dollars a year on repairing vacuums I, I just got mad one day i'm like no it's not happening anymore you need to this is part of your hiring package you need to supply a vacuum walmart has the cheapest ones here you go boom um and there's a lot of other dynamics that go with that, but no, I, I don't recommend company cars. A lot of companies, there's a couple of them, you know, you see the Molly maids or whatever. Um, and it's great for advertisement, but you, it's the beating and the cars and the insurance and all the other stuff. And then it makes them dependent on that, right? 
You want people, if you're going to pick the solo model, who are going to be able to drive themselves. You don't want two bickering in a car. Well, Susan got in a fight with her boyfriend and I had to listen to the whole thing. Or Mary ate in my car and spilled noodles everywhere, right? <laughs> it's just never, you well, never know. Yeah, think about how much money you would save and that you could go back and thousands. Invest. Yeah, and you can go back and invest in more training and, you know, pay your employees better. You can invest in a lot more stuff. And that's just like, that's money saving. And I've seen um, some of the biggest cleaning companies that had cars and they actually got rid of their cars because it's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive. Wear and tear insurance, everything. Oh, commercial insurance is three times your normal rate. So if you're paying a buck 50 for your auto insurance, it's going to be like 450, 500 bucks per vehicle for commercial insurance. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if just starting out with your cleaning company, really think about that. You know, think about how much money you can put back in your company if you do not have company cars. Now, is that something that um, your employees for the W-2s, did you have magnetic signs that, that were put on the cars? I had a couple of older vehicles that I purchased um, that had um, wraps, and then I had logos on the back of others. And then I um, also did the magnets on the side. So um, at one time, I want to say it was 11 vehicles. It was a lot. I just, and every week I'd go and look at them and I'm just like, you guys are just beating these all to hell. <laughs> just, they had no respect, nothing. I mean, who gets soda all over everything and doesn't do anything to wipe it up? <laughs> it's just, yeah, and then you have to pay them if they, if they do have to clean it up, if they have to clean up their mess, you're pretty much paying them to clean up their mess. So it's that's not- where we had the detailer come. But I was just, after a while, I'm like, I looked at it. I'm like, this is such a huge chunk. I could take this $33,000 or whatever it was and put it into marketing. And it would just be better for everyone. We'd have more business. We'd have, I'd have more cleaning techs, blah, blah, blah. Just the same deal with having an office location. I know it's a big dream for a lot of people to have an office location. Um, I've went from having two offices down to one office and we don't even have an office now. And I save myself 38 grand every year. And it's like, I can put that towards marketing. Um, but it, it was it was great. I mean, when I did have the offices, I did have signage on the street and um, 40,000 people passed it every single day. So at that point, it made sense because everyone always saw the sign on both sides, right? Now, I don't think I would ever do it. I don't know if I'd ever do it unless I owned the commercial building. I had a really bad experience with the last person I rented from. She. Um, she was a little off and I didn't catch it. And a lot of people, what you can do too, is you can rent a storage unit and have mm-hmm. the supplies there. And if, if, if like, for instance, I know my, my product has to be temperature regulated. So, right. um, so it doesn't um, mess up the chemical part of it. So you can get, you know, a controlled unit and have them meet there to get their supplies and do everything. Um, I know Jamie does that, right? She doesn't. Right. In a storage unit, I believe there's Wi-Fi at the new storage unit as well. So I don't. We talked about cameras at one point, so I don't know. I'd have to follow up with her on if she put cameras in. But when you have cameras, even if it's a ring camera, um, mm-hmm. then you can tell who's coming and going. Um, they're supposed. To, it's supposed to be on the honor system, but sometimes things happen. People overstep. Um, you know, it it's happens. Okay. It's your business. It's your right. business. You can do that if you want to. So, right. Do you feel like? I hope you guys like feel like you have walked away with like a little bit more knowledge on some stuff. Definitely. I think that we covered um, uh, great aspects of the pros and cons of 1099s or W-2s. Um, I reiterate again uh, that, you know, you need to pick one or the other. 
Um, and then there's also the hybrid model. Um, I'm, I know some other coaches are like, you need to have just W2s. You don't need to have 1099s. Whatever you choose, I'm willing to work with you on. You you have to pick. These are your lessons to learn, and you decide what works best for you and your business model. Um, just make sure that you're following the protocol so you don't get yourself in trouble. And I have to just jump in here, Shannon, because I'm just so proud of you. Shannon has some news to share, and I'm sure, I'm sure she shared it in the group, but where are you going to be speaking at? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I got um, you. The- <laughs> it was a big honor. I couldn't believe it's um by invite only. So um, I'm actually going to be speaking at the Made Summit, which is in the end of July. Um, so you can catch, you can get a free ticket off madesummit.com, I believe. And I can leave the links um, in the little information pocket. Or you can buy an all-access pass, which gives you lifetime access. I believe the all-access pass is $97. That way, because when you go to a summit, if you haven't done one online, you have to kind of pick and choose what you're going to watch because it's only up there usually for a 24 hour cycle. So sometimes you don't have time. You're, you're busy out working or you had to go check on somebody or you had a flat tire, whatever life happens, soccer games. I get it. But if you buy the lifetime access, then you can watch it at your own leisure. And um, which, I, which is what I did before I was a speaker. I watched, um, I bought the lifetime access so I could catch because it's really hard. Nobody has time to sit in front of the screen for five or six days. I think it's five days, five days in a row. <laughs> so um, yeah, just, I'm in the maid summit. Yeah. So I'm glad you're sharing that. So yeah, be sure to jump in there. Lots of information today. If you guys are looking for a natural cleaner, Pierre Green, if you guys want to jump on and help have Shannon help you with, you know, all the do's and don'ts of W2s and 1099s, jump on with her and also check out the maid summit, you guys. So, and we just thank you guys for joining us. And I'm, I think I might have to go jump in the swimming pool because it is ridiculously hot in Phoenix. I'm dying of heat. Definitely. Well, it was good to see your face the second day in a row. And it's good to see all of you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you and you guys have a great week. Have a blessed week. Bye. Bye. Cleaning Business Life is sponsored by Clean Freaks University. That's cleaning with a K. And my signature program, the Structure, Scale, and Profit Cleaning Business Academy. If you need help with your business, please reach out. Take care.